Get line side for Jones. Miller, a wide open three at the top. Got another one. Murray State has pulled off the opening round. But the most important thing for this Murray State team is at the buzzer, they win it. Welcome into the first episode of the Racer Rundown podcast of the 2018-19 school year. My name is Blake Sandlin, and I'm the sports editor of the Murray State News, and we're glad to have you joining us. Uh, every Friday, we'll be releasing a podcast highlighting the week in sports and previewing what's to come. And of course, there's no better people to be previewing the week in sports um, than our sports staff here at the Murray State News. Um, so right now, I'd like to go around and have all of our beat writers introduce themselves and uh, tell them what, what uh, sport they cover. Uh, hi, my name's Gage Johnson. I'm a senior writer here with the new staff. Uh, I cover women's basketball and kind of take my nose in just about every beat I can and kind of help out with everyone. Uh, my name's Adam Redfern. I'm covering soccer for the fall semester. I'm Keith Jaco. I cover men and women's golf and football. I'm Keenan Hall. Uh, right now I'm covering rifle. All right, so that's everybody. We're missing our volleyball beat writer right now, but she'll be joining us next week. Um, so I just want to jump right in um, and kind of defer to uh, some soccer talk. I'd say that's the biggest biggest uh, sport we have going on right now. Obviously, just punched their ticket to the NCAA tournament. Um, so, Adam, you've spent the whole year covering this team. I know you're well acquainted with a lot of girls on that team. Um, what can you tell us? You were at this OVC tournament, so um, what were the biggest observations that you took away from, from those first two games? One of my biggest observations was that um, the usual suspects that were really good for Murray, Becca Kubin, Abby Jones, and Maya Wofford, uh, played exceptionally well. And um, one that really, I think, surprised a lot of people was uh, Alex Steigerwald. She played really well, uh, had some really great saves against UT Martin to help them win the championship game. And, I mean, it just seems like any time that Martin or anybody really had a good look, she would turn that good look into one that wasn't favorable for the offense and um, always seemed to take advantage of any opportunity to keep her team ahead. So um, one of the biggest things that I noticed from UT Martin, UT Martin was a – they have a really good offense. I think they're they're a top 25 in a Division One women's soccer. And Murray State seemed to they – they grabbed the lead early in the championship game. And uh, their defense with uh, Carson Hash, Corey Kane, Maya Wofford even had to drop back some when Carson stepped out, and uh, J- freshman Joselle Morche, they uh, they really stepped up and held UT Martin to one goal throughout the entire game. And I think when when they're going to go play against Vanderbilt, you know, Vanderbilt is uh, they finished first in the SEC regular season, they won that title, but they they're on a two game slid right now where they they lost against. Uh, Old Miss in the last regular season game, 0-1. Murray State played Old Miss uh, earlier this year, and they lost 0-3. And I think that was due to a lot of the freshmen weren't really um, weren't really getting acquainted to Division One soccer. And Old Miss is a really good team that were they were third, I think. I know I think they were fifth in the OVC or in the SEC. So they're a good team, but they lost to Old Miss, and then they in the first round of the uh, NC, SEC tournament they lost to the University of Florida, which was one of the with the lowest seed. Zero one, I think some of the matchups, if you're Murray State, you could look at. Um, Vanderbilt played WKU early in the season; they only won two zero, and Murray State played them as well, won one zero. So they, you know, they showed that similar competition; they can put up similar results. 
Uh, Vanderbilt has really good forwards that produce the majority of uh, their points throughout the year. I think if you're Murray State, you need to focus on not so much on what you can do, but how you can hinder her. Because uh, if I look closely here, she's got 30 points with uh, 12 goals and 6 assists, and the second closest only has 8 goals and 1 assist. So I think a lot of the offense really comes from what that star player on Vanderbilt. Murray State has three girls who are all, respectively, they, they share the ball well with, you know, you got Wadford that leads the way with 10 goals, 5 assists. Rebecca has a lot, 8 goals, 2 assists. And uh, freshman Abby Jones, she's got um, 8 goals and 10 assists. So a lot of the, the front three for the Murray State, it's more of like a, a single unit, um, unlike Vanderbilt's, that where most of their offense really comes from one girl. And this Murray State team, this is their fourth time in program history, um, making it to the NCAA tournament and the third straight time drawing an SEC opponent. Um, what do you think about this draw? Do you think they could have gotten a better draw? And do they have a shot against Vanderbilt? Um, Vanderbilt, they, they played Tennessee last year, and Tennessee was a really good team. They were, they were number three in their uh, side of the bracket. Um, Tennessee was really good last year. And they they lost, oh, I think, 0-2. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a. I watched the game and both goals were really. Uh, there were one. There one player like our, Murray State made a mistake and one player in Tennessee capitalized. You know, ran away at the goal. Um, when you, they have a lot of familiarity with SEC teams. They were going to play. They played Ole Miss. They were going to play Georgia. Game got canceled due to the hurricane. I think Murray State's really familiar with a lot of SEC teams, uh, just because of the geographics of it all. They're close. Most of them are, you know, within three hours. So. I think that they have a chance, you know, with Rebecca Kubin who and Maya Wofford, who both have top-tier speed, um, it, ta- it really takes one mistake from a Vanderbilt back line to let Murray State get up, maybe surprise him once or twice, and shock Vandy. And I think that if, you know, if Vandy comes in the game thinking that this is just an automatic win, that I think they'll be surprised to find that Murray State's front three and back three to four usually are excellent. In the midfield with Simone Cooper and – uh, you got Izzy Heckman in there. Sometimes they're really fast and they're really uh, aggressive towards the ball. So I think that it'll be an interesting game to watch, at um, least. Before we go on, we also have had the OVC awards been given out and some possible snubs. Can you just kind of talk about that? Um, yeah, so Murray State had a one OVC uh, first team member in Maya Wofford, but you know Abby Jones, she racked up a lot of awards this year with the second team uh, mentioned. She was all newcomers. She was the uh, freshman of the year. Carson Hash got some recognition when she was second team, along with uh, Rebecca Kumo, second team. Um, one notice, one player that was probably surprised a few to not even get a second, third team was Alex Steigerwald. You know, she won the uh, OVC tournament MVP because, like I said, she had some just remarkable saves that I think not a lot of girls would expect that would happen and uh, I think that Alex Steigerwald is one of the better goalkeepers in the OVC for she's top two in the OVC for sure but I think that um you know she's ready to show out for her senior year to that you know that she didn't get any recognition from her own conference that she can show that she can be a keeper along with all the other power five teams sure and that's something definitely keep an eye on that's going to be one of four uh, major events that Murray State will be competing in uh, Murray State men's basketball and women's basketball uh, competing Saturday night. Of course, uh, seven o'clock, six o'clock, six o'clock at, uh, in Nashville. In at Nashville, and uh, that brings us to the football game that will also be that uh, that morning at eleven o'clock. So Keith, our football beat writer, um, you were at the press conference Monday. 
Um, obviously, last year, or excuse me, last week against Tennessee Tech, a pretty demoralizing loss for the team, kind of deflating, I, I think you could say. Um, how did Mitch and some of the players address that? Well, uh, in his press conference after the game, Mitch uh, commented on the fact that he didn't get the team ready to play, and that was uh, I mean, really obvious throughout the game, but surprising with the way he has approached each week like every week when he comes into the uh, press conference or the uh, press conference on Monday leading up to the game he's always talking about week by week approach and it's just hard to understand why or how he dropped the ball this week against or last week against a team like Tennessee Tech 0 and 8 uh, he's always saying don't drink the Kool-Aid don't don't fall for it don't fall for whatever the media is saying and it seems like he may have done that to himself okay 0 and 8 not a good team Jazzed up because it's a good Saturday afternoon. They're on homecoming, but really no excuse for a team to play that way. And you watched the game. I watched bits and pieces of the game. It was an ugly game, to be honest. Um, what what were you seeing I mean, from from that game? What wasn't clicking? It didn't seem like the running game ever truly clicked. Well, what was wrong with the offense? It really comes down to the thing he talks about, or that he's talked about the most uh, first three games in after the, the first three losses to start the season was that Murray State beat Murray State, and they, once again, that was the common theme because the offensive line couldn't get it going, kept halting drives, and they just ultimately couldn't get in the end zone. And that, I mean, come down to it, they were right there at the end, but they just couldn't get the ball moving. And I don't know. It's going to be really interesting to see what they do going into this week. It's a week-by-week approach. Southeast Missouri State's a really good team. Um I'm just not sure what they're going to do differently this week to try. They may they're going to be at home, chip on their shoulder, but to keep the OVC championship alive, uh, it's going to take a really big game this week. So that loss moved them to second place, correct? And SEMO yeah, well, has... Technically third. Third after Simo, Jacksonville SEMO is State still well. tied with Jacksonville That's State. True. At the top, we'll be in, I guess I'd be third, but if, handing a loss to Southeast Missouri State this weekend, we'll go into second place tie, Jacksonville State, pending a loss this week, and we could all be tied going into the final week. And Jacksonville State has a very tough game against uh, Kennesaw State. Okay. Not very relative, but it's going to be a good game. It's going to be at uh, SunTrust Stadium, the Braves okay. Stadium. So cool. it's going to be fun. Now with this SEMO team, and you wrote about it a little bit this week, um, they have a prolific quarterback at the helm of their offense. Um, in that loss, they've suffered. they've suffered one loss, correct? Yeah, they lost to Eastern Kentucky. Correct. Okay, so what if, if you've got a chance to look at that game or really when you've seen them struggle at all, what's been the common denominator in, in maybe being able to stop that SEMO team? How can Murray State come well, out on top on It's Saturday? really going to take uh, a full team effort. There's going to have to be, close, if any, a few penalties, if that. They really almost can't afford any mistakes. It's going to come down to – stellar defensive play and just consistent offense because Dre Anderson's done his thing all year. His receivers have been there when he needed them to be there. If they're gonna if they're gonna show up, the defense is gonna have to show up as well. Quincy Williams keeps doing his thing, but it's gonna take more than just Quincy and Drew to be on their game. Sure. Because Santa Catarina, twenty two or excuse me, two thousand two hundred and thirty one yards on hundred and fifty nine for two hundred and sixty two passing, twenty three touchdowns. And has under 10 interceptions on the year. He's honestly a really good, or not a lock, but a really good candidate for OVC Player of the Year. He's having a stellar year. 
and he's linked up with a wide receiver Christian Wilkerson for half of those touchdowns. That's a pretty good year. I mean, no one on Murray State's team has more than, I think, two or three sure. uh, touchdowns. So to wrap up on football, four and two sitting right now, uh, two more games left in the season. Austin P. after this week. Um, what are the chances that we finish out the season six and two and really the chance that we come out on, as number one in the OVC? Is that, is that a possible scenario? Can you see that happening? Well, to say that it's not possible would be wrong, but I'm not sure that it's very possible when it comes to an OVC championship. We kind of – I feel like we beat that – beat ourselves yeah. to the punch last week and pretty much did away with that. But there's still a chance to have a very successful end of the season – um, it's still an overachieving season, I think, no matter oh, the way, any way you look at it. We could lose the next two games and you'd still be happy with sure. the four weeks of bliss we had. But at the same time, you don't want to be happy with that. You want to get as much as you can, and I think they, they can. SEMO is going to be a tough opponent. Murray played really well last time they were at home against Tennessee State. Maybe not so well at homecoming, but Tennessee State game showed if they can play a Tennessee State type of game and have consistent play, maybe a takeaway or two. They'll be there in the fourth quarter. Sure. They've been there. They were there in the fourth quarter against Jacksonville State. It's going to take full four full quarters, and I think Coach Stewart knows that, and he's going to do everything he can this week to get them ready. Sure, and no doubt Murray State will be looking for success on Saturday. Another team that has experienced its fair share of success is Murray State's rifle team. I think perhaps only rivaled by the soccer team this year, um, or the, excuse me, this week. They've really. Kind of, kind of snuck up on people, Keenan. It seems like, I mean, last week I think they were number six in the CRCA rankings and then jumped up to number one after uh, a win against uh, West Virginia two weeks ago and then two OBC wins, correct? Yes, that is correct. Uh, they were voted number one this week on Monday, November 5th uh, after beating Jacksonville State. Uh, they actually scored their highest score this year at uh, 47-16, 4,716 points. And um, really, the way they total this, uh, the rankings each, uh, week by week, it's whoever scores the highest in that week will get that ranking. So, uh, I mean, Murray State Rifle has pretty much been a powerhouse sure. over the past couple of years. I mean, three straight OVC championships, looking like a fourth, uh, even though the OVC Rifle is very deep, right. with five teams in the top 30 uh, ranking on the NCAA.org. But um, Murray State has always been atop the OVC uh, in recent years, and... Uh, Looking like they're pretty much going to repeat as well this year. Yeah, and you mentioned how they've been a powerhouse. A lot of that can be contributed to um, the seniors they had last year that have basically helped maybe keep that program as established as it was with Ivan Rowe and Ben Estes and Bobby Broadstreet, who graduated last year. Um, I think me included expected a little bit of drop-off from this team. Um, and, of course, they did lose earlier this season to um, excuse me, Ohio State. Uh, actually beat Ohio State. Beat Ohio they, State. Uh, West Virginia uh, outshot them by three or four points. Okay. And uh, also, it was someone else. I have to go back and research that one. But they've only been outshot twice this sure. year. Sure, yeah. I mean, there hasn't been really that much of a drop-off. And they still have some returners. Obviously, Barbara, Barbara Schlatfer and a few other ones, I think. Uh, Mackenzie Martin returning. Um, what does that say maybe about um, – Coach Allen Lawler's consistency as as a head coach that he can continue spitting out these championship teams every single year. Well, it just speaks to the overall uh, prestige of the program here at Murray State Rifle. Uh, speaking to uh, Coach Lawler the other day, he uh, 
didn't really mention it as much uh, on him as much as basically the program right. and the support that they get from the school and basically the athletes that they bring in. So, um, but just to go back to Slapford, uh, you mentioned she's actually scored the highest uh, small board score this year wow. uh, in the nation in uh, 590 this year. So, uh, just her and then Martin right now is actually in Guadalajara, Guadalajara, excuse me, uh, <laughs> Mexico, shooting for the women's national small board team right now. So, I mean, just overall, just great athletes, great play, great shooting. For sure. And on that subject, let's transition to volleyball. Another team that's seeing a lot of great success. It seems like we've got nothing but positive uh, things to say about Murray State Athletics right now. Um, like I said, our beat writer isn't here right now to talk volleyball, um, but I think we can all kind of have dialogue right now. 11-game winning streak, um, two more games left in this season. Um, chasing Austin P for that top spot and the the privilege of hosting the OVC tournament. Adam, uh, you, you – uh, obviously do some prolific play-by-play about every other game. Uh, so what have you seen from that team? I know you're a resident expert of this, oh, <laughs> this yeah. volleyball team. Oh, yeah. Well, this volleyball team had, like, a really – they had a really rough start. to start. Uh, their OVC play, they lost the first three games to uh, – they lost the first game to Martin, Southeast Missouri, and then Austin P. And then after that, they just really didn't look back. They had a lot of 3-0 victories, a lot of three – a couple three ones and a few 3-2s. Um, the volleyball team with Justino and on the – she plays all the way around, man. She can attack from anywhere on the court, and I think she's a weapon. Her and Daisha Brown. Daisha Brown doesn't play much in the back row, but she serves a little bit and gets a few back row attacks. But on the front row, Daisha Brown and Justino, when they get in there, they are uh, hard to handle for a lot of teams. You know, look into their next two games. They play EIU and SIUE, and they, uh, they beat both these teams uh, pretty handily when I watched them. They beat them both 3-0, and uh, they're one game behind. Uh, Austin P in the OVC standings, and Austin P will play the same two teams in EIU and SIUE. Um, it really all depends on this last weekend of volleyball to see where the teams are going to be ranked. Um, Murray State's been, I think they surprised a few people uh, towards after the start of the season when they, you know, like I said, they lost the first three, and they have some really great uh, defensive specialists, and Becker Fernandez, she's their libero. She, I think... <clears throat> Is one of the better liberos in the OVC. It seems like whenever somebody has an attack, that Fernandez is right there in the right spot and gets a really good pass to uh, the setter, uh, usually Ashley B. You mentioned that slow start. I think that's something I want to maybe have you ex- expand upon or anybody expand upon. Um, what do you attribute to that? I mean, because uh, they weren't consistent at all, but, I mean, they're, they've been nothing but consistent through this, yeah. this past and stretch. sitting on an 11-game winning streak. Yeah, so. you're undefeated at home this, this year, 11-game winning streak, like you said. Um, uh, like, what, what flip? Like, what changed? Uh, uh, the, from the few games that I have watched, Callie Anderton was the setter for the majority of the first half, I think, of the season for the racers, and I think McBee may have been her or – I think they switched to McBee to be the main setter, and um, once they switched to McBee, and Anderton was good. At Cali, she she the first three games she played a couple more, and they did excellent. But it seems like McBee gives them uh, another option because I've seen a few plays where you know Fernandez or somebody else in the back row will get a really good pass up to McBee, and then McBee will put you know as herself will put the ball away on the second ball, which can surprise a lot of teams because you don't really expect the setter to go up because she'll jump set a lot, which can throw off a defense because you're not really expecting to block a setter. It's not something right. you do. if you, It just throws your whole defense off. So I think McBee is a viable weapon. And I think you can contribute to um, just getting more settled in the OVC. I think they started the season maybe a little 
uh, nervous. They played a couple games out of the out of the uh, out of the OVC where they didn't do too hot. You know, they played um, played UMKC and they lost O three. They played UNLV, lost one three. They lost to Wyoming O three and they lost to Arizona State one three. So I think maybe towards the beginning of the season they were a little doubtful of how good they could be. And I think once they started OVC play and saw that they could play with these teams and maybe uh, play along with them and beat them, that they really started to move along and get that consistency 11-game win streak. And I was at the Austin P game uh, last week, and watching that one, it just seemed like they really compiled just a, a complete collective effort and kind of pretty much one-handedly over Austin P, um, which was a little bit surprising. Um, Austin P obviously number one, two games left, as as same as, as Murray State. Um, are they on the ropes a little bit? Is there any path for Murray State possibly to overtake that top spot and potentially host the OBC tournament? Austin P is a really, really good team. They yeah. are they are the clear favorites, I think, to start the volleyball season. And um, when Murray State beat them towards the end, I think that was a little surprising. To beat them 3-1 was, I think, a little surprising for Austin P and Murray State. So they're both playing the same two teams. They're flip-flopping days. I think Murray State plays EIU Friday and – Austin P right. plays SIUE Friday, mm-hmm. so I think they're switching. But um, I don't really see. I think Austin P is going to finish the game, the season out with two wins. I, and I, th- I could see Murray State winning two both their games. So I think uh, I think the standings are pretty locked for the first okay. two. So also just to add, uh, Junior Liberu, uh Alex Kaufman is uh, just recently tore ACL. And uh, I think two, uh, both her meniscus in her left leg. So we really? wish her a speedy recovery. Kaufman well. has sure. been extremely what good for the racer. I think she came on a lot for uh, Brown, and okay. when Brown would step off. So that's definitely going to be something I think that will play into sure. fact these last two games. And the racers do have a lot of options with their freshmen, though. So uh, it'll be interesting to watch it at least. Sure. All this remains to be seen, but um, odds are. Uh, we could be seeing another Austin P Murray State matchup in the finals of this OVC tournament, but we will wait and see. Um, that'll do it for us for our little roundtable of uh, what's going on, the current happenings in Murray State athletics. Um, right now, we're going to segue into our interview. Today, we're going to be previewing the Murray State men's and women's basketball season, and we are joined today by the Murray State News senior writer, Gage Johnson. He's the beat writer for women's basketball. And uh, the Paducah Suns, Ed Marlowe, and of course, formerly of the Murray State News, Brian Edwards. Welcome in, fellas. Yeah. He, works, he works in yeah. the Murray Ledger and Times. Yeah, I don't. Formerly Murray State News, currently Murray Ledger and Times. I don't have a job anymore, I guess. Yeah, well, don't unemployed. have a car anymore. Yeah, that's also true. You're unemployed. You're, you're out of time, actually, so uh, I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's pretty sad, actually. Oh, well. We'll find you sometime soon. Yeah, good. Hopefully it's overtime. We are coming in here to my house, gathered around in this luxurious room, to talk a little bit about racer basketball. We're coming straight from the uh, Wednesday night exhibition against Evansville. So, uh, guys, let's just start with first thoughts on the exhibition. Brian, I know you weren't there, but how was the uh, ESPN Plus broadcast? Uh, It was actually really good, Mm -hmm. despite all of the backlash that they've gotten for having issues. But, I mean, it was really good. I really enjoyed it. And to segue a little bit, talk about the game. Um, obviously, Macy Turley, phenomenal game. Evelyn Adebayo, amazing. And the newcomers, um, maybe not to the surprise of, of uh, some of the people that have been listening to Rochelle Turner talk over the past few weeks. She's touted 
um, Evelyn tremendously. Uh, same with obviously her her newcomers from Murray High, which aren't really newcomers to the Murray community. Um, guys, what takeaways do you all have from this first exhibition watching these guys play? Well, you're one and zero in the regular season, and that's super important. Um, it may have felt like an exhibition with the lopsided score, but you take a look at just how the defense played. Um, Evansville opening three for seventeen from the field. Uh, some rush shots. I think Evansville probably wasn't necessarily in an offense that they were particularly proud of or had even practiced. Um, but that was what the racer defense ended up doing. Ended up really creating a lot of last-second shots. I mean, I don't know how many it was, but if you look at those 17 attempts, I know at least three of them were right down to the shot clock. So, you know, that was good rotation, good focus on defense, good assignment defense, and uh, really led to some transition baskets for racer basketball. Um, yeah, the defense was much improved for over the from the exhibition. So in just that short six-day span, they really, really hammered down and got their defense figured out, at least enough to beat Evansville, who just struggled. I think this is a new coach. Um, yeah, they, went, home, they went 3-27 and last yeah. year. Um, bit of a homecoming. Jawan Scaife, coach assistant at Evansville last year. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. he got the, a chance to coach against his former team, and they almost beat him by 30. So, I mean – and I think one of the big takeaways that I had is your newcomers. I mean, Evelyn is everything that Rochelle said nice that she was. Yeah. She's and you touted her as a possible all-OVC candidate, so it's nice to finally get to see why she believes that so, and she proved it. Yeah, well, and, and then you see what Macy can do at the head of an offense. And, like, this is just from uh, watching it on the ESPN+. Plus. The team's completely different when she's not on the floor. Right. She, when even, you, she even mentioned that in the press she conference. Cha- she changes the game when she's on the floor, and as a freshman, that's absolutely – like outstanding to have from a point guard. You talk about a player like Evelyn. Um, even if she doesn't put up tonight, she puts up eighteen and ten. If she puts up fourteen and seven, she'll be first team all OVC. If she mm-hmm. averages that, um, you know, so if she can do eighteen and ten or even seventy to seventy five percent of that for the rest of the season, that's the post presence the Racers really lacked last year. Um, obviously, I think they would have been a different team had they had another post presence. Obviously, that's not the hand that the team was dealt. They made their adjustments accordingly and, and made the OVC tournament. And uh, KJ was OVC Player of the Year. This year, I don't know if you have an OVC Player of the Year type of caliber player on the team, um, but you might have more of a team concept, and that's something Rochelle mentioned quite a bit during the offseason, that she was looking for more of a team concept and not an all-around perfect player to yeah. rely on. It's also pretty awesome to watch Autobio go coast-to-coast. The point forward has arrived. Yeah, and I think I think it's one interesting thing Rochelle's going to have to worry about coaching is uh, she had to coach double teaming on defense. Now she's going to have to coach Evelyn how to get out of a double team. Mm-hmm. So for the first time that she's going to have to coach her way out of a double team, which is going to be, which I mean I believe that she can. She did it a lot while she was at Murray High. So, right. but I think it's just an interesting concept now that she's got a a post player that's going to be attracting two players. She's going to be able to play out of that and play inside out like she wanted to all last year but couldn't. And Ed, I, I asked you about it tonight. I can't recall if you two were there at the Evansville game last year. Um, how much different is this Evansville team, and did it surprise you that, that they were able to win so handily against this team? Has it changed that much, or is this just a completely revamped and re-energized racer team? It's, it's a different team. Like, it's a different racer team, hands down. I mean, Evansville's not uh, – they lost their top score for one mm-hmm. of their top scores from last year, but, I mean, from – and a new coach, but – this is still the same team that went three and twenty-seven last year. Right. This is just 
this is what this new team is going to do. And home court probably played a little sure. bit, but it didn't yeah. play a 30-point difference. Right. Especially from an intensity and yeah. an effort standpoint. You, they all yeah. seem very connected, and they all give their all. But yeah. last, t- last year it kind of seemed at times where we'd be a little bit stagnant. But it's just completely different. It's fun to watch. You didn't you didn't see that layoff in one of the quarters either because that was always right. an issue. You'd play two strong quarters and then sure. one layoff. And you didn't see that. You maybe saw a little bit of it in the second quarter. They went 6 for 18 from the field, mm-hmm. which – I mean, they started, I think, 5 of 7. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah. 5 of 7 out of the first media yeah. timeout. So, I mean, you didn't really see that layoff that you saw last year with the team when they shot like 20% in a quarter, and they just played a full, I guess, as close to a full 40-minute game as Rochelle's seen since she's been here. I think one of the big things that is going to be a takeaway from this season, and again, they may still finish 11 and 19 just like they did last year, right. but I, I don't think that's going to be the case. It might be. You never know. I mean, obviously, this is one game. But the one thing that you can already tell out of this team is that just the defensive effort is there. They may not execute perfectly, but they're trying to execute perfectly. And I just feel like a lot of times last year the team relied too much on offense. They wanted to win games 80 to 78. Uh, this team might lose some games 55 to 54 if the offense isn't going, but they're not going to give up the 80 points that they did last year. I think last year Last year, go back and double check it, but I'm, I'm about it. I'm about ninety percent sure that they gave up almost eighty points a game last year, and that's just not a recipe for success mm-hmm. in women's basketball. You're giving up eighty points a game. I mean, you're giving up twenty points a quarter. That's just not. That's not the type of basketball Rochelle wants to play. I mean, she doesn't want to outrun teams. She wants to grind you down in the half court. She wants to out rebound teams. She wants to play defense, limit shots, force tough twos, and kick them out to three and make sure that they even take bad threes. Take a look at tonight. What was, I believe, Evansville was at 8 for 30? Or not even? Yeah, double, I'm, I'm not near a box score at this exact moment. They're at 315. 315 is even worse. Oh, they were 8 for 30 in the exhibition. Yeah. So, you know, 315, that's just, that's 315's horrific. That's not what mm-hmm. Evansville does. Mm-hmm. Evansville is a prolific three-point shooting team. It's how they score. So, that was... Exactly what Rochelle was looking for tonight from a defensive effort, particularly in the first 50% of each quarter, just getting in. I mean, you take a look at what happened after halftime. Right. The Racers ripped off an 8-2 run. Evansville immediately had to take a timeout. You know, they were thinking, let's get back in this. And Murray State said, absolutely not. She brought they shut the door right there. Bringing Region 1 basketball to the Division yeah, 1. Right. Yeah. Uh, offensively, we definitely stepped it up. We struggled 1-13, one, one 3 last game. This game, 10-20. We were much more efficient no. this game. Shot 48% of the field. Macy Turley was the definition it, it helps, of it efficiency. It helps a lot when Macy Turley starts off and hits her first three shots, drags the defense to you, and she can pass it to somebody like Lex Mays, who was a three-point threat during her entire high school career. Yeah, yeah. I know you guys were excited about this, too. We've got these analytics on the live stats. All he's he's over now. The efficiency rating of Macy Turley was 32. And last year, guys, LeBron James averaged 26. It's one game. She's one better, game she's better than LeBron one James. One game gauge. Absolutely. Same. No, she's better than better LeBron James. Giannis, it's all, it's, it's all there. Stats don't lie. Stats, 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 stats don't lie just yeah. like the ball. Macy, numbers, numbers Macy, don't lie, baby. What do you tweet that? Macy Turley greater than LeBron James? I would, yes. I would say so. That's, that's you got to so. at LeBron you have to James. At, oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, one more thing, and I think we're all kind of stepping our, around the subject, and we've talked about it as ex- extensively, and as has Rochelle, but just I think the chemistry and maybe just how well this team um, coexists, and that was something that didn't exist last year. I mean, even in the stat book or just in the locker room, I think. Last year, um, Kashanen obviously was the player for good reason, very talented, had 33 against Evansville last year. This year, if you look at the stat sheet, 
18 points out of bio, 9 points from Crane, 5 out Wah, um, 9 from Wex Maze, 16 Turley, 13 Griff- Griffith Wallace. Um, just a collective effort from the whole yeah. team. And that's mm-hmm. something you didn't see last year. And I think that's the first step to creating something big when everyone is bought in and, and no one's really concerned with getting their own stats yeah. and, and complimenting their it's, own stats. It's, the, it's that accountability she talked about a lot, the we over me mantra, or the champs acronym that they identify by the character, hard work, accountability, mental toughness, positive attitude, and selflessness. They have preached that over and over again. You can watch Rochelle's Twitter account every day. There is a we over me tweet almost every single day. That is something they've beat home, and it's something they've seen to all buy they've, in. They've bought in. I think I think um, the one big thing that Rochelle builds her program around is relationships, and you're going to hear that all the time. And I feel like she's developed a relationship with the kids that she's coaching, and those those kids have developed a relationship with each other because a lot of them played together. And that's I think that's the advantage that Rochelle's taking when she recruits out of Kentucky like she does. Because, I mean, Macy Turley played with Macy Gibson, and – all this other stuff. Like, you've got a lot of people that played in this state, and this is probably the the most recruited, like, year that she's that any Murray State program's recruited out of the state of Kentucky. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but they've, they're going to have chemistry because a lot of them played together in the AAU ranks. Um, one, did. Before, before we, uh, before I pass it over to somebody else, I want to make one note. Janika Griffith Wallace shooting the ball. When she, every time she made, made a three, I kind of, like, backed up for a second and was like, if she keeps that going mm-hmm. and she can she, consistently uh... hit 15-footers and get those attacks to the basket and finish them, I mean, Rochelle yeah. said she was a project, and if she can complete that project, it's going to be an A+. Yeah, she's got the, uh, as the kids would say, she's got the sauce. Yeah. She's got she's got the handles, puts you defenders on their heels, and shakes defenders quite often. To either get a bucket or she's, a dime, and it's she's awesome. Freakishly athletic. She's got the sauce. I'm gonna reel it back just a little bit because again, I I, would, I think JG Dub, as I like to call her, JG Dub is a is a great player. She's got a chance to really take that next step this season. But I will say tonight, you could tell, and it wasn't just with her; it was with the whole team. Uh, and we'll talk a little bit about this with the men as well. Rochelle had absolutely zero issue whatsoever when. It was early, I believe, in the second quarter. Janika came up for a uh, pass and hit the key, top of the key, mm-hmm. and Evansville just picked it right off and ran it in for a layup. And Rochelle was just like, "Sit down, yep. I'm putting yep. Macy in." And yep. uh, yeah, so it was just one of those things where um, you know Rochelle has talked about that accountability for mm-hmm. a long time now, last three four months. <laughs> She's going to be able to yank people in and out accordingly based on stretches of basketball if it's not up to snuff she's bringing in somebody else to do the job and uh and so on and so forth that's not something that she was able to do last year um and uh and yeah that's just that's 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 a key takeaway for this season there is going to be more accountability because there's more depth on the roster mm-hmm. which is also going to lead to people playing more and playing harder in practice which is more gonna, effectively yeah and oh, yeah. they're going to be pressed to play well because if you don't play well, you're not going to play. Yeah, yeah, you're not going to get minutes. It'll be interesting to see how it all plays out, too, because like you said, you have that depth. Like, the other night, Deja Outlaw had a good performance off the bench. I think it was like 13 points or something yeah. like that. And then tonight, she started and had five, but Janika took that bench roll and flipped it the same way, had 13. And then Macy Gibson didn't get as many minutes, but she was efficient. 
And so it'll be interesting to kind of see who gets Yeah, she had five points, that, five yeah. rebounds in, in 13 minutes. Yeah, I mean, so it'll be interesting to kind of see who gets that the, that rotation as it fills out towards the end of the season. Yep. I want to take a little bit of a look at the non-conference slate. It looks like it's a pretty tough schedule for the team. Uh, I'll just run through a few of these. Uh, next game, of course, Oakland City on Saturday. Then they'll meet Butler, Lipscomb, Arkansas State, Alabama A&M, Illinois, Bethel, Southern Illinois, and then two SEC games against Kentucky and Tennessee before starting OVC. Um, wanted to get some thoughts from you all. Um, I don't know how um, knowledgeable you all are about out of conference, but what what are some of these pairings? Um, how are they going to challenge the racers this year? Um, you can go ahead. Uh, they're all winnable in my like outside of like the obvious. Your Kentucky and Tennessee. I yeah. even think Illinois is win- winnable. Yeah, really. But I think all the games are winnable. I think Lipscomb's going to be a good game. Butler's going to be a tough one. I would say yeah, that's probably their. Fr- I would say that's probably their first true game. Like yeah. Oakland City's Oakland, not Oakland awful City. by any means, and they just nothing to scoff at. But I think Butler's right. going to be the first true contest. But, Butler really will be see. their first test, especially yeah. on size. Last year, that was the big problem. Butler was able to bully the whole time. Butler could have shot twenty percent in that game and probably still won yeah. because they were out rebounding the racers nearly two to one. That's that's something that you could tell tonight. Evansville was running five guards, um, and that was something that the racers were able to take advantage mm-hmm. of. That's where Ottawa I mean, came in. I mean, just annihilating. I mean, even Turley getting six boards. Yeah, they, they won by 13 rebounds. Yeah. I mean, they, they, when you have a plus 13 rebound edge, go back and look. I don't I think, think it's 35-22. I, I don't think, think, I don't think they, 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 they had a plus – I don't think they had a plus 13 rebounding edge any time last they year. They didn't. No, definitely not. I and think that's – and yeah. that's, you know – 45 to 32 on the boards. Yeah, that's just completely different. You know, that's not something that you saw with this team last right. year. You look at the rest of the non-conference schedule, though, it's just all going to depend on size. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think your three toughest games, honestly, in my opinion, will probably be uh, Kentucky and Tennessee are the easy ones. I think Arkansas State, um, it's always tough to win uh, at Arkansas State. That's the tough part there. Yeah. They may not be a great program this year. That's um, where uh, Christian County Trinity Jackson went Yeah, Trinity it. Jackson went to Arkansas State. Yeah. That's right. And those Kentucky-Tennessee games are back-to-back, too, in the middle yeah. of the season, too. So that's really so, tough. I mean, that's yeah. how you that's how you Not only that, leading up to Christmas. Yeah, so. that's how you but, step into OVC right after that. So. Yeah. But they're Good all tests. outside outside of the SEC games, and they're all winnable games. Like, I think... Winnable, just not easy. Yeah, <laughs> winnable, not easy. Like, Alabama A&M will be, probably, in my opinion, will be a win. Should be. I think that Bethel. Alabama and A&M will be athletic. I think Bethel's that, a win. That Bethel and uh, Oakland City are like your four good wins yeah. that you're going to have, and the rest are going to be fights. Yeah, I think right. as, as you say that, Brian, I think it's a good segue to talk about the what the OVC expects from this team, which is nothing, not much. Nothing. So, I mean, what can, what can you expect? So Zero. how do you have as much confidence as you do when the conference clearly has none? I mean, you, you look at, and you can look at this, just from a year-by-year perspective. Look at this year's game against Evansville and look at last year's. Right. Yeah. Evansville's not very different from what they were. Granted, they've got a new coach. Yeah. Granted, one of their top scorers is gone. But that's not going to change. Like I can't remember right off the top of my head how much they won by last year. That's not going to flip like that. Yeah. It, does, it doesn't work then like I that. I think you also have to take into the fact that we are all – we're tied into the local community here, and I don't. Yeah. The OVC may not be seeing that as much, and we see the nine newcomers. We know what some of these girls from high school have come into, and some of the transfers and what they've shown so far. And right. the sports information directors around the conference aren't expected to know like this. Yeah, this is what these players are going to do. Well, yeah, when you have but, nine newcomers, yeah, it's pretty like, hard to tap. And you what, lose what the best be. player in the conference right. from last year, yeah. and who was I think like 
forty percent of your offense. Yeah, I mean, somewhere yeah. around there. Yeah, at close one to point. it. Yeah, so I mean, I think she was the Jordan Gandy. Yeah, uh, literally the offense. Yeah. But I mean, I and I just think that this team is better. Well, not even like that. KJ too. You had you had Bethay, and also you're all, all, pretty much all your leading scorers. Yeah. Were. Every you, single one, and it it all starts it all starts on the defensive end of the floor. Like this team wants to play defense, right? A little bit more than yeah. a lot more than the other team did. Yeah, it's not even necessarily the full court pressure that they had to last year. This they can actually play half court defense because yeah. of the size that we somewhat have. So mm-hmm. it makes a huge but, difference. But you'll still see some press because oh yeah, because I mean, Rochelle knows, and she said this after the exhibition. She knows what Alexis Burpo does at the head of a press. And she's going to create steals, and they're going to create turnovers, and yep. this it's a, it's a completely different team from last year, just from a defensive perspective, and that defense is going to turn into offense as we saw tonight. So it's hard to peg now, but do you do you all see them finishing middle of the pack OVC? I think no more, no less. They make the tournament. I think yeah, they make I th- definitely. I'm saying, I think I'm saying it right now. I they think they'll finish. The they'll finish higher than eighth too. That's what I think. Okay, yeah, they're in. Interesting. All right, so let's segue from that. Talk a little bit about men's basketball. The first game is coming on Saturday at seven o'clock against Wright State, the defending Horizon, Horizon League champs. They're coming into town after getting a win on Wednesday night. Uh, so, guys, let's talk a little bit about that. What are we expecting out of this game, especially after Monday's exhibition? What did we take away from that? Well, if I'm not mistaken, Wright State absolutely annihilated mm-hmm. Western about thirty Carolina. points. Yeah, I'm looking up some stats right now, but the number one player you need to know for Wright State is Loudon Love. Mm-hmm. That dude down low is unbelievably good. Uh, I believe was just a freshman last year. Um, I'm going to double-check that, but I'm about 98% sure he was a freshman last year and gave the Racers a lot of trouble. Okay. The Racers were able to come away with a – I think it was uh, an 11-point win. It was a road win. I think it was 80-61. to 61. Yeah, it was something. But they kind of controlled that game the whole way, didn't it they? It was a close game. Was it close? Final eight minutes, okay. and then the Racers went on a run. I believe it was Terrell Miller that had that run, too. I think he had okay. two big threes. Yeah, and so it ended up being, from a defensive perspective – you know, they were able to kind of clamp down late. Yeah, they won tonight 96-73. to 73. Uh, Leading scorer was actually Billy Wampler forward. Went 9 for 15 for 26 points. Loudon Love led the team in rebounding, 7 rebounds. And Cole Gentry, their point guard, 9 assists, 1 turnover. Good call in the 80-61, by the way. Yeah, so the fact that I remember that means that I need a life. But um, <laughs> that's okay. This is my life. This we is knew that. what I get paid to do. But, uh, you know, it ends up being uh, this is a really, really good Wright State team. Won the Horizon League last year, made the NCAA tournament. Uh, do not know who they lost to in the first round, but they returned most of their pieces from last year. Um, Tennessee. They did play Tennessee. Mm-hmm. That's right. And, yeah, that's uh, this is a good team. Uh, people are going to shirk it off and say, oh, what? who's right state? What does it matter? Right. I'm telling you right now, this is a game that the Racers could lose right out of the game. This could be. This could. This is. And I'm not taking anything away from the Racers. No. It's a good, good, it's good just opening a good, test. It's just a great opening if you, test. If you want to compare anything, like a game from another year, look at uh, first game of the season two seasons ago against Illinois State. Yeah, absolutely. That was That's a, actually a pretty that fair. Was probably one of the toughest. Pretty fair tests. take. And then even two years before that, it was Houston. Yeah, oh, that Houston yeah. game was nice. And that Houston game was fantastic. And Houston came in and and uh, they pulled away late. I remember. Just looking back at this game last year, eighty sixty one, like you said, Ed, um, Loudon Love had fourteen points and eight rebounds, four offensive rebounds. Um, Grant Benzinger, did he graduate? I think. You know so. that? I think Benzinger. Yeah, gone. Benzinger. I don't think Benzinger's there. Okay. 
Well, Terrell Miller led that charge 21 points last year. Obviously, we're going to need something, some presence on the inside to be able to stop him, um, which kind of brings me to talk a little bit about the bigs. What are we thinking? Um, obviously, uh, Racers had a, had their uh, first scrimmage. Uh, first, ex- They didn't have their first scrimmage, wink, wink. Um, <laughs> but they had their first exhibition the other day. What did we see from that? What have we heard from the scrimmage? Are these posts... Players going to be improved from last year? What is the progress that Anthony Smith and Breon Sanctions have made? And I mean, what's what's going to be different? And can they fill the void that, that Terrell's leaving? I think it's definitely an upgrade. It's a little bit hard to tell with our the exhibition game that they played because, I mean, Brush is a little undersized. But I think there's a definite upgrade. I mean, Sanchez looks more fit. Smith didn't have really uh, – how many fouls did he have? Zero. Last year he zero, was a zero. foul machine. Zero. He didn't have a single and foul in the last game. He did well. Cowart was pretty good on offense. Showed a little point forward in him there that one play. Was yeah, he, nice. went to, he had a couple coast and then, uh, as well. KJ did all right in his little time. He was three of three and six points. Rebounds, he did nice, and then he's got a few, nice, few, he's got a big body yeah. for a freshman. Mm-hmm. And if you consider Mike Davis as a stretch, he did all right too. So I think he stretched the floor easily with his shooting. So yeah, he looked a, he really didn't take a lot of shots. Yeah. He was looking fast. No. He got some, he got some good rebounds though. Yes, he did get some good but rebounds. I, th- I definitely think there's an upgrade there. I forgot about this. I think Wright State um, actually does have a really ta- heavily touted freshman uh, in-state freshman, uh, Skylar Potter, graduated from Warren Central. He had 16 points, five rebounds okay. tonight. So that's another addition. That's another just to add to this post presence that Murray State's going to sure. have to have against uh, Wright State. Certainly, uh, this is a this is a tough. It's a bruiser. Tough, they're bruisers. I believe they're the Red Wolves. Is that right? No, the Raiders. Wright State's the Raiders. That's right. Yeah, Arkansas, Red, State. Red Wolves. Arkansas, Arkansas State. Arkansas State. Yeah. It was yeah just like one thing that Raiders. I took from from uh, the other night they're was good. was Anthony's play. Anthony's um, play. You know, last year I thought it was just a lot of his play was just lots of pump fakes all the time, mm. never really going straight up to a defender. Um, this year it seems like there's some power and maybe some confidence first that comes. Play. Yeah, the first play. Yeah, first play. Exactly. Jammed on. Um, I think that comes with maybe confidence, you know, just playing a little bit more um, and, and being able to get into a groove. But, I mean, they're going to need that this year. They're going to need a post presence and most definitely going to need one against Wright State. I think, I think a lot of Anthony's progression is he's comfortable now. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, you – I don't. Obviously, we don't know because we don't play basketball uh, at that I mean, level, at least. But uh, I'd call him the the, the, the trans the transition from junior college to Division One is a different beast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and definitely. I, and to give and giving this giving Shaq Buchanan a lot of credit, the ability to walk in and uh, Terrell for that matter, be able to walk in to your program and immediately make an impact confidently and with as well as they both did their first years here. Right. It's not easy. Yeah. So Anthony, I think, just took some time, a little bit more time to get comfortable, and now his body's in better better shape this year, and he's got that confidence. And I was one of the people that wasn't a big fan of how he just always pump faked. He'd always pump fake two or three times before he went to the basket. He was and trying now, to draw fouls, yeah. but I get it. And now, and now he's just committing fully to finishing, which is something Getting the fouls by going straight up. Yeah, but one thing that I will say too, and we've talked a lot about, you guys have at least the the forward play. I, I it's going to come down to guard play. Yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. I, I mean, it's sure. going to come down to who can take care of the basketball. Wright State's defense is quite legit. Um, mm-hmm. You take a look at some of their metrics from last year, um, bringing a lot of those guys back plus some new pieces. Defensively, they are a problem. Um, I think it's going to come down to who can win the free throw line. I don't really know how friendly the refing situation will be on Saturday. 
I don't know if you're going to let them play because both teams are pretty physical or yeah, if it's going like, to turn into a, I feel like it may be one of those where it's at first fest. it's not so much they kind of let them play I feel like as it goes on if it's close it's going to get real yeah. chippy I also feel like it also considering depends. there was a flag or two in the first game it also, yeah, it also depends on how well the players play like if if the referees are going to let them play the players need to know not to do any of that extracurricular oh, yeah. or the referees are going to crack down and Call more of those fouls. So let's but not have another flagrant to start the season. It's going to be a physical ball game on Saturday. Yeah. Like, don't make a mistake about it. They're going to go at each other. And I think I think if Anthony Smith wins his physicality battle with whoever he's going to be, I think they're going to be in pretty good shape down there. And we're going to see Tevin, too. First sure. game. Now yeah. just his, first game his first real first, game under first the First real game after red right. last year. It's true. And that man's catch shoot. He's got a fast release, and it looks good. He's got a good release, too. Yeah, Him and Javion Eves are going to be big in this game. It, yeah, and obviously we know Jaw's gonna make an impact. I mean, yeah, he's all over social media. Yeah, we don't, we don't have to talk about yeah. Jaw. Everybody knows what he can do. That's the one thing that I'm actually, obviously, I want to talk a lot about Jaw this season. I mean, he's primed to have a, a breakout. I say a breakout. I mean, he was a breakout yeah. last year, yeah. but primed to even be on more radars this year. With Stark and Miller, gone. but it's how well, yeah, especially with Stark and Miller gone. But it's how well do does everybody play around him? Mm-hmm. You know, I'm very interested to see how more improved maybe Shaq's shooting percentage, especially not necessarily driving the ball, but the kick and shoot three you know, yeah, the the, the kick and shoot threes and things like that. How well do the players around Ja yeah. play off of that? I mean Ja obviously as a three was huge to help Stark and Miller. Yeah. You gotta have that same thing with Ja. You gotta have was, other help because otherwise they're gonna be fun. Yeah. Def- they're gonna hone in on Ja on defense. Yeah, yeah the thing and the, the, the thing about it is last year you really couldn't double Ja too terribly much because you were gonna leave guys like Jonathan and Terrell open. Yeah. Well, I mean Shaq hit threes too, so I mean, he does hit threes, but his percentage is he's, is he's not, shooting about low he's three, mid yeah. low mid thirties. It's it's thirty one thirty two percent. They're wanting that. Yeah, you do have to put a hand up. They're about thirty five. Ask ask Belmont about not putting a hand up. <laughs> you um you need to be able to find some sort of a fuselage for Jaw. Now don't get me wrong, Jaw is going to be able to beat a lot of double teams even uh, mm-hmm. just with his speed and athleticism. Shoot, he's he jump over. He's going to be yeah, it's true. <laughs> he could leap over them. It's not <laughs> entirely out of the realm of possibility. Um, I think uh, and, and as good of a free throw shooter as he is, teams know that they can't overcommit because yeah. if they do foul him, He'll he's going to he's going to get. I'm eighty-five percent of the time he's going to get both. So, yeah. you know, you can't go too much there. The one thing that John does a really good job of, and you can see this against Brescia, and again, I understand the competition will ramp up against Wright State. He does a such such a good job off the curl. If you yeah. give him Reading a the screen, he's going to use it effectively. That's the, that's the I saw Stark in him when he did that because well, last year Stark obviously you I mean he's deadly at three, but he was very well, good at playing off playing with a pace and kind of playing mm-hmm. off that curl waiting with the defender behind him to either mm-hmm. get the layup or wait till he has that open space to make that pass. The hesitation. Yes, the right. hesitation. Yeah. The, the hesitation that, that Ja has, there is an incredible amount of patience, yeah. which is strange to see in a guy that puts up so many points yeah. and assistant rebounds. Mm-hmm. You would think that there would just be so much speed involved that that's how he's just corralling all of these stats. Right. Now, there's a lot of patience yeah. in that man um quick change of pace young man I, i'm a man he's a young man but um and i'm barely a man so um 33 is is still quite young but you you take a look at speaking of 33 um is jaw gonna be heavily relied on yeah. to need to score that much yeah. that i don't know i think it's extremely possible you take a look at cameron payne's sophomore year at murray state 
There were times that Cam had games where he only scored 12 points, but he had five assists, five that's, rebounds. That's why I think there Tevin, were also games where he had 30. That's and so I, think, I just don't uh, know. That's why I think Tevin and Shaq, because I mean they got the start. We don't know for sure that that's going to be it, but I I think we can venture to guess it's probably what it's going to be. It'll, it'll be huge to see if they can put up the points like they did the other night, have 15 both apiece, because if they can't, the, the ability to just trap Jaw is going to be tough. Well, and the, the ability for Jaw to put up, let's say Jaw averages 18 this season. Let's see, uh, Cam his sophomore year averaged 26 and 6, 20.6 rebounds, 6 assists. Mm-hmm. Jaw last year had 27 and 7, basically 6.5, 6.5. Six or excuse me, 12, 12 7, 7, and 7. 7. Yeah. You know, I think he could have put up 20 last year. But he had Stark and Miller. Yeah. He does he get the help? He didn't right. have to. Does he do it this year? That I don't know. Yeah. You know, I that's a trajectory that I think is going to be really interesting to watch because he is such a good passer. He makes open plays for other people to score, mm-hmm. and not necessarily from a, the three point arc. You know, don't get me wrong. The kick, the, the driving kick is there, but he does such a good job finding people in like. He's pretty good at finding people midair too. Yeah, hang, the hang time and some of the passes he was throwing while right. he's midair. You, you can go get an alley oop, and that's an easy two. Yeah, and that's where guys like Shaq, Anthony, even Breon Sanctus thrive on that type of basketball. Yeah. I mean, heck, there were even two transition baskets that Tevin had that were just absolute slams off the bounce. Yeah. I mean, he took three steps and he was gone. Yeah. And those are the kind of things that's easy scoring that Ja creates mm. off of the pass. Definitely. I think this is a team that's going to want to push all the time. Yeah. And obviously it's Brescia, and you can say what, what you want about it, but that whole time they were looking to push. Anytime there's a transition opportunity, that ball was going up, and you're basically looking at the def- or at the next person nearest because that ball's going up, and it's probably going to be Shaq or Ja throwing it down I on was, the other end. I will end. say, yeah. too, I'd like, I, I want to see the first game action because I feel like there were times we kind of held back a little yeah. bit. Definitely, because well, because I mean I don't know that Jaw's going for that behind the back pass, which was really nice in the middle <laughs> of a big game. Well, Matt McMahon said specifically. Matt McMahon said even after the game, he ran very little offense in yeah, that game. Yeah, exactly. You know, yeah. so this is a team that ran very little offense and still put up ninety nine points yeah, in forty so, minutes, and probably could have put up one hundred and twelve. Oh, yeah, the easily. reserves didn't come in. Right, they easily ago. could have put in. Oh, yeah, you know, they would have put in one hundred, one hundred fifteen. So, it'll you be know. fun to watch. It, it's going to come down to defense, though. Yep. We talk so oh, yeah. much about oh, yeah. the offense 100%. again, and this is I said this earlier for Rochelle's team. It's no different than Matt's. Matt's got a little bit of depth this year. Um, there's no getting around it. I know he's talked a little bit about it. He talked about that role evolution after the exhibition game. Mm-hmm. There is no doubt that this team has quality players that could play in different places, but yep. as of right now, what they're trying to build, they have depth. And yep. if you do not do what Matt McMahon asks you to do, there will be accountability. If you do not do what Tim Kane and Shane Nichols and Casey Long ask you to do, there will be consequences and they will be playing other players. If you do not play defense, if you do not work well in transition, and if you do not pass the ball, share the sugar, see how many assists they had the other night against Brescia, if you do not move the ball, 28. like yeah, 28 assists, 12 turnovers, I believe. Uh, yep. Yep. Right so line. why do I know that? So, well, you know, I Javion Eves had six assists. Shaq had four. Which, by the way, it looks like Shaq's probably going to be playing backup point guard until, until guys like Jalen Johnson gets comfortable and Daquan Smith, Smith gets healthy. Gets healthy. Mm-hmm. You know, Shaq's the guy that was bringing the ball up a lot. Javion obviously showed that he can move the ball with great authority. When you have six mm-hmm. assists, one turnover, I don't care if that's against, you know, four trash cans and a broomstick. It yeah. doesn't – that's still, 
you know, you're moving the ball or effectively. You. Or me, yeah. Five of me out there. Right. You know, which is probably worse than four trash cans in a broomstick. <laughs> you know, so you're you're taking a look at a team like that's what McMahon wants, and if you don't do it, he's going to put someone in that will. Now, uh, Daquan, he's obviously not healthy right now. That's a name we hear, we've been hearing a lot of. Uh, can you guys kind of just talk a little about that and what you guys know about him? I mean, he's a good shooter. He's going to be the backup one, probably, when he gets healthy. I mean, yeah. Uh, obviously they're not on schedule with where they liked when he originally had his surgery done. They wanted him to be ready by Saturday, but Bings, I think it's pretty safe to assume that Bings, he's just now getting back onto the court and getting yeah. into activity of getting into basketball shape, that he's not going to be ready by then. Yeah. They don't. They don't have to rush him, too. Yeah, I think and that's another thing, too. They realize that they've got a lot of guard depth. Daquan only adds to that, and it is a, this is a situation they can monitor it just like they did with Tevin. Now, I don't think they want to redshirt him. I don't think that's no. going to be the situation. No. Tevin was a little bit of a, a special case where, from a medical standpoint, he would have lost 25% of his season mm-hmm. waiting. They don't think – I don't believe – that Daquan's going to lose 25% of his season. I think we'll see Daquan back in probably two or three weeks. If I had to be a guess, like have a guess, I'm not a doctor, Yeah. and he could progress slower than we think, but yeah. I think two or three weeks is a safe timeline. Yeah. Well, um, you, don't, you don't have to play him against Wright State. You likely don't even want to play him up until Thanksgiving against Alabama, and then you come back, you've got a couple of games in the non-conference schedule that would probably be good ways to ease him in. No, for, disres- no disrespect for, to for opponents, the, but the there's a, there's a couple. Yeah, let's get him in the Auburn. He'll start the Auburn game. No, I'm kidding. But when do they play? When do they play SIU this you, year? Uh, you play SIU yeah. December twelfth. I think that would be a really good maybe. Game. Um, but I mean, you've got Jack. You've got Jackson State and Bethel toward the end of December Evansville as well. Yeah, I'd say I'd say if you could get him back by say even Prairie View, let's say Prairie View December first. Mm. Prairie View's a kind of one of those. That's a that's a home game by. That was a by game. Yeah. For the racers, that's the kind of basketball you probably want to get him into. Yeah, so, something that's yeah. going to be a high possession. Easy, easy, easy man. Easy man. That's a that's that that's going to be a high possession game. Prairie Review is going to want to take as many shots as possible and hope they outshoot the racers. Because yeah, in the so, next few games, you get a lot of competition. Because I remember the Middle Tennessee game. That was one of the most middle's going to be better than people. That think was this one of the most fun games to watch. Middle, last middle year. lost mm-hmm. a lot, but they're going to be like Nick Key and Getty Potts. They're going to be hard to get rid of, oh, yeah. hard to replace, Easily. but they're going to be good. Yeah, yeah. I don't think will they be as good as they were last year? No, probably not. But they're right. not going to be bad. SIU is certainly what was SIU yeah. picked in the NBC this year? Uh, they're probably like third. They're going to be really good this year. Yeah. Teak balls back. Yeah, ball. they've got a. They had a lot of injuries when we played them. Last those year. those are the kind of. I know we're kind of getting a little off the rails with a non conference schedule, but if but talking about a guy like Daquan Smith and 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 the injury that he you know had over the off season during the summer, you know he had his surgery. I you, you just don't want to rush it back. That's yeah. all. No, That's yeah. all it is. I don't think it's any. If they absolutely needed him to play right now, I think they'd play him. But they just don't absolutely need him right now. So you just let him get. Hundred percent. Let him get comfortable. Get back to game speed. He's practicing. Yeah. Now, he's not doing full contact. He's not doing some of the drills. But I mean, he's practicing, and and that's good. That's a good sign because even last year, Tevin was not practicing. Yeah. Tevin, Tevin was trying to Tevin get played comfortable. the exhibition, and that was it. Yeah. Yeah. And they realized that something wasn't right. And uh, you know, you'd see him on the bike at practices. You'd see him sitting watching, and he never really was doing too much else to keep pressure off the mm-hmm. foot. So. You know that's a that's a big deal, and now he's healthy, and you could tell it in the exhibition. Yep. Now that we talked about these two teams, I wanted to 
get your all's take on some preseason awards for both the women's and the men's basketball teams. Um, let's start with women's. Um, if we were to hand out a preseason award right now for the most valuable player, um, I think we know the answer to this, but let's go ahead and like specifically let's get some on takes. the team. Yes. Yeah. Not, like, not like, like on most valuable racers. player, like on the racers? On this yes. racer team. Yeah, because yes. I was just fixing to say Darby, yeah. man. Darby, man. Oh, yeah, most definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She proved it today. The they played, racers, they played uh, one game NC State in. really close. Did they, they played they, NC State? They, they were up seven at the half on NC State. Really? On the road. They got beat. They got outscored by like 20 in the second, though. Yeah. But anyway, I mean, you're up seven on the 17th ranked team in the country yeah. after the first half. Sure. Really? Yeah. On their home floor, by the way. Yeah, I, I kept up with it a little bit. By the uh, way, Macy Turley is the future Darby Magger. Yeah. Just gonna go ahead and uh, that, I think that, it's fair to say she's probably the most valuable player. It's, Ev- Ev- it's a toss-up. Evelyn's, Evelyn's, great, going, Evelyn's going to be really good. But when the, the difference here, Evelyn's great. She's going to be really good for Rochelle and this team this year and next year, I believe. She's Macy still Turley has a lot of poise. Macy changes the game when guard. she walks on the court. She does. I think for now, though, I think I am going to give it to Evelyn because the post presence yeah, um, is true. I would agree really, true. really opens up the team. That's I think true. I think just if we're going to go who we think by the end of the year will be the MVP caliber team MVP, yeah. I am not trying to take anything away from Macy oh, because no, she's going to be the starting point guard, and there's no question about it. She's got it. I just think Evelyn opens it up so much. Yeah, that's fair. For the rest of the team, she is going to like. For instance, if Macy had to be the point guard for the team last year with no post right. presence, again, no. I mean, it's apples and oranges. Right. But it's like guard play needs you need a post. Yeah. Even just one. It's paramount. Yeah, for it's sure. Absolutely paramount to play inside out basketball and to be a successful guard. One of the top things a good guard is good at is pick and roll. Well, it's mm-hmm. hard to have pick and roll when you got five guards on the floor. You know, yeah. you, when you've got a post, I mean, yeah, you can essentially play pick and roll as you put bodies in front of people and play around them. But a true post player like Evelyn Abaya, who is six one and quite spelt. I mean, she's. I'm not. You know, I'm not trying to be inappropriate here. She's lost a lot of weight. You know, she she's really, really. She's really fit. She really. She is really fit. Got into game shape. You know, ter- certainly has turned. She she used her off season. Well, wisely, like a like a Jonathan Stark, like a Jonathan Stark off season. Exactly, she put herself to work and got you know conditioned and ready to go. You don't get three coast to coast layups against Evansville and not be out of shape. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, look at look at the poise she had. Laying right, those balls in. I think mm-hmm. she's the kind of person that can be a team MVP by the time the years. Yeah, that's fair. Definitely. By the years, by the by years end. All right, how about uh, defensive player of the year? I mean, it, it, of course, it's tough. We're one yeah. game in, but it's yeah. it's it's I preseason poll for a reason. Lex Mays. Yeah, I was about to say Lex Mays. She was. She was. I know she's a freshman. I, I get that, and I know she's. You know, I know she's a Murray girl. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know that you know. There's a lot of talk about oh, or, or you know, they they got the Murray girl, so they can get uh, more people in the stands. Well, <laughs> I'm here to tell you that that's that's great and all. That's that's super awesome that there's going to be more people in this right. dance because there's local girls on the team and Kentucky players, people from, you know, the Bluegrass State. But I'm here to tell you that they didn't go get Lex Mays to be, you know, oh, let's get 20 more people in the stands. That's not what that was about. Right. I mean, yeah, it helps. Sure, it's a catalyst. It's an it's an understandable catalyst. But she is a good defensive player, mm-hmm. and she isn't. Not yet. But she was in high school an elite three point shooter. Mm-hmm. Um, once that translates to the collegiate level and she gains a little bit more strength and confidence, I think that she has the chance to be defensive. I mean, she had, I mean, she was a ridiculous larcenist in high school. No. That speed, that twitchiness, 
that doesn't go away. That's right. not yeah. something that just disappeared because she's at the Division One level. Certainly, there will be times that she is exposed. Um, there will be times that a lot of these players are exposed because it's still a fairly small team. You know, they're not necessarily the big, bulky SEC, ACC, you know, Big Ten type bodies. But from an OVC standpoint, absolutely, there is mm-hmm. a little bit of athleticism and there's a little bit of physicality, and Lex brings that. She, uh, tonight, I think, had, I think, two steals uh, at least. Uh, she had nine points, three rebounds. Uh, no steals tonight, but she had a couple in the exhibition game. Had a couple pokeaways too. Yeah, that she yeah. just couldn't get out to. I just feel like she's the kind of person that by the end of the season can be that elite defensive player uh, that Rochelle likes to see. I think I, I agree that Lex is going to be the defensive player of the year, but I think I think it's just going to take her a couple of games to get adjusted to the speed. Because I mean, I mean, every freshman is going to be like that. Like this is a different beast than what you faced in the first region. Yeah, like, I mean, no offense. I mean, you're not going to play, you know, like your 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 Ballard Memorials or your Marshalls or your Callaways or whoever. I'm not trying to call anybody out, but it's not like you're playing high school basketball yeah, anymore. Yeah, you're playing, you're playing fast-paced. You're not, you're not playing first region, second region basketball anymore. You're playing, you know, girls that were recruited and, and women, young women Players that were recruited. Players that are at your level that were athletically. That were as good as, they, as you were in high school, yeah, if not so. better. So, but I think I think by the end of the year, yeah, she's going to be the defensive player of the year for this team. It's her wingspan. I mean, look at her size. I mean, you you, you think somebody that she, she's what five six, five seven, maybe. I mean, she's a little yeah. bit taller than Macy, but her wingspan. She's just so active side to side. I think that's what's going to get her mm-hmm. a lot of uh, a notice um, in the racer defense. And on the subject of the most improved player, I think when I mentioned that, I think two players for me come to mind. Um, I think that's Janika and probably Brianna Crane. I just think about yeah. when you have Evelyn and we talk about opening up the floor, when you have somebody in that post that commands all the attention from an opposing team's big, that gives gives Brianna all the time and all the space in the world we saw tonight. I think they were playing some 2-3 and she would flash up yeah. and and have that post. I think she can feast off something like that. Um, but but those are definitely my two. Be interested to, my, to hear what you all my, think. My vote probably go to Janika because I think she flourishes beside Turley, whether it's off the bench, starting, and then she'll be able to grow when she has her moments where she's got the ball. She'll be able to grow as a spot-up shooter off the ball and just kind of be able to attack off dribble handoffs or anything like that. And then she seems to be better at finishing at the rim, and her shooting seems confident. to be a little bit better. She's definitely more confident about her shot, and it's kind of looking for it. I mean, both both games, I think she had 13, 14 shots. So, I mean, she's looking right. to get to the rim. She's looking to score. And so I, that's where my vote would probably go. I think, I think I'm going to use a similar reasoning, but I'm going to go with Brianna Crane because now – She's she's five ten. Mm-hmm. She's not she's not the five anymore. Six foot. Well, but she's all she's listed at six foot. Okay. She's probably five, more 10, like five, five eleven. Thinking without yeah. a bio, she's, there she yeah, goes. they were playing her at the five last year. She's not she's not a five. No, that helps. No, you're playing means. you're playing her four. You're gonna give her a chance to develop a fifteen foot jump shot, which she's been working on. Definitely. She finished at the rim a lot more comfortably tonight, in particular, and tonight being the night of the first game. I don't know when you guys are uploading right. this exactly, but yeah, um, she's more comfortable in that role playing 15 feet out and working her way in. She showed growth during her freshman year of being able to use her feet, use her footwork to get a basket. And she's just more comfortable now flashing out and getting those baskets. The ones that have Mm -hmm. come back definitely are more confident. You can tell they've kind of stepped into that leadership role and they've definitely taken charge and bought in to helping these newcomers. And it's, it's, it's good to see. I think I don't, and I'm going to be, I think we don't see, 
Obviously, we don't see Janika if Rochelle never comes here because that's her recruit. Yeah. But I don't think we see the same Brianna Crane that we do now had Rochelle not taken the job and we were still stuck <laughs> where we were. Yeah. I don't think I don't think we see that. Let's transition to men's basketball. Knock these out real quick. Uh, most valuable player on this men's team. I mean, I think it's, do we really I, have to ask this I, question? No, All right, I, moving, I, on, moving on, moving on. Bring on Man, listen. That's, that's a fair case, listen, to be honest. Listen, I'm I it's gonna been, get on a soapbox. I've been on the Breon Sanctious train for ages. <laughs> I am so what? sick and da- I'm saying it right now. I'm saying the word. Can I say this word? I am so sick and damn tired. Of the hate that we'll bleep that out. Yeah, that's fine. From the Breon Sanctions. <laughs> it's not even Breon Sanctions hate. It's just people that are just are like, so he critical. needs to be putting up. I don't understand why he's not putting up 10 points and 8 rebounds. You he don't doesn't understand. Need to. Yeah, he doesn't no. need to. He creates that many points on the double screens that he creates. Yeah. He is six foot eight, three thousand pounds. <laughs> I mean, he's I mean, he's George Washington on a screen. I mean, he's absolutely ridiculous. George Washington. I did, I called him. He's he's the first he's the first president of the screen. Do you first not president of the screen, he's the first I like it. Can he screen. not tell a lie? Do you want to, he can't tell a lie. Yeah, do you want to know why? He, he chops defenses down like cherry trees. Because his screens, <laughs> because his screens are the truth. Like, here's what, I don't, here's what I don't understand. People do not realize the IQ defensively that Breon Sanchez has. He is the cerebral unit of that defense. Now, I don't necessarily think – I say all this, and I don't necessarily think he'll even start all this season – I do think that there's a lot of development happening in the post, and as those roles continue to evolve, McMahon will actually probably take a look at what some of his other post players are going to be able to do. However, Breon Sanctius is absolutely brilliant, borderline flawless on defense because he is able to deny post entry. Mm-hmm. You can't. It's like a it's like a shutdown corner sure. in NFL football. <laughs> you don't get deflections, you don't get interceptions when you don't throw the ball that way. Right. He is the Richard Sherman of like power forwards in the in the OVC because guys won't go at him and he's able to create double screens twice last year in the championship game I saw him screen two guys for Jonathan Stark that's stupid you have a hard time asking one guy to screen one guy and he's screening two and not illegally it's not like he's out clothesline in red rover red rover he's just blocking well enough to create enough space for guys to get just enough lift from around the turn. I mean, it's it's absurd what he's able to do. Is he going to give you 12 points and 10 rebounds a game? No. He is, is he going to give you 22 and 10 or 8 and 5? No. What he is able to do 30 minutes a game is give you 4 points, 3 rebounds, and 18 screens for you to work around. I count them. I mean, there are plenty of games where he has double-digit screens. And it's just a matter of time. People just like I don't. I say matter of time. It's been four years. Like I don't understand why it's taken people this long to understand what Breon does for this team. And I just I have written about it and written about it and written about it until I'm just sick of writing about it because people just don't listen. They're just like, ah, oh, Breon's got to be averaging. He's just timid. He just needs to be averaging ten points, ten rebounds. That's not. He is not built in for that offense. I'm just gonna keep going on this tirade, so somebody stop. All right, so Brian Sanchez MVP. But I think I think it's fairly clear we all know. Yeah, oh yeah, John's the MVP. John Morant. John Morant's the MVP. You don't get put 16th on Bleacher Report and not be the MVP of your team if you're at Murray State. Is Jaw the MVP? Yes. Do I believe Brian is an impact to the reason Jaw is the MVP? Very much so. 
I'd like to see Jaw get 18 screens. Yeah. Let Jaw set 18 screens. <laughs> let Breon play the point like that. Let Lee, yes. Quarterback. He was a quarterback. Jaw on the pick and roll as the screen He was a quarterback. Go up for the line. Let Breon throw an oot. Can you imagine? He's a quarterback. quarterback. He can hit his target. I would love to he see that. He can hit his target. That nice would be amazing. I want to see a Coach McMahon, if you're listening to this, make this happen. I just Point Breon. I want to see a Breon sanctions coast to coast. I just want to see... You know how like you see those like touchdown passes from baseline. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just have Breon just throw a touchdown pass. Kevin Love style. Yeah, Kevin, Kevin Love, Love style. style. Dwayne Wade to LeBron James, except for Breon sanctions <laughs> to John Moran. He could do it. Imagine getting like, like truck sticked by Breon sanctions. <laughs> like Can you imagine? if you were on a football field and you oh, saw a six eight quarterback running at you, if I see you... Breon dribbling at me, I'm I'm moving. Yeah, that's wild. <laughs> exactly. Anyways, uh, next award. Let's go defensive player of the year. What are we taking there? Breon sanctions. Defensive player of the year. Yep. Yep. Oh, Breon Sanctions. You don't think Shaq? It's Breon Sanctions. Well, I think Shaq's pretty impactful. Shaq's a great. Like, this is. Okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. Here we go. Hold on. Over the summer, Mac McMahon called Shaq Buchanan. The second. And don't get me wrong, I I love Breon Sanctions. Mm -hmm. If he's listening to this, I mean, no disrespect. He's not. He's probably not. (laughs) Shaq Buchanan. Matt McMahon, and, and Matt McMahon has a little bit of insight, you know, because he's the head coach. Yeah. He kind of knows, oh. knows what he's talking about. Oh, really? The only person, you're <laughs> right, I know, spoiler, that first? spoiler alert. <laughs> Matt McMahon knows what he's talking about. Yeah, that's per Matt McMahon, though. <laughs> um, but I think he knows what he's doing. Um, the deal with Shaq is his wingspan is pterodactyl-like. I mean, the man's like a hawk. Mm-hmm. I honestly think Shaq could be Defensive Player of the Year for the league this year. I actually believe that because two things are going to happen. One, he's been asked to do a little bit more defensively this season, particularly as a senior. Two, it's you can tell he's been working on it incessantly. I mean, how many seasons he all season? A lot. 50? If he's worked on it, improved on it. McMahon calls him the second best defender he's ever coached other than Jawan Long. And Jawan Long won Defensive Player of the Year. So, I mean, you're talking about elite company there as far as, like, racer defenders. I think Shaq can be in that conversation this year. Not just as Murray State's Defensive Player of the Year, but but as the league's defensive player. I think it goes without saying, too, when he makes a defensive stop or gets a steal, that team gets behind him because Shaq gets fired up. Well, when he makes a defensive nope. stop, it ends up being transition that yeah, yeah, usually, it's it's a it usually ends up in a dunk by Buchanan, Murray, or Jaw, yeah. or then ends in a Murray State highlight reel. Yeah. yeah, something of the sort. Yeah, somebody's somebody's getting points. Yeah. when Shaq creates a try. I just want to I want to be different, so I'm gonna say Breon. You know, I actually, I don't want to hold back on that though. I'm curious. I maybe at some point somebody can explore this. I'm curious. How many Shaq turnovers? And I have to go check the the reel. How many Shaq turnovers have turned into points? That's a good in his nice. career. That's I'd have to. I need to do the research on that. That's, but that's like, a lot of research. It's a lot of research. It'd be hard to do, but I'd be willing to that dig into that. That's some. That's some five thirty eight stuff. But I, I I would be curious. I would if I had to take a guess. I'd say sixty percent of Shaq's turnovers have turned into points of some sort. I'd probably say something like sixty nine percent, probably. Okay. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> That's pretty nice. Um, we'll end on this uh, newcomer of the year. Newcomer from our from Murray State. Murray State University. Men or women or both. Men's. Uh, I'm gonna go. What, you, do we count Tevin as a That's newcomer? That's what I was gonna say. If you count Tevin, if Kevin is a newcomer, I think it's gonna be Tevin. If it's not Tevin, if Tevin's not a newcomer, I'm gonna say KJ Williams. 
Okay. He's got he's a six. I mean, he's only going to get better in that body. He's only I mean, better. he's an he's, SEC body. He's got a frame that's unheard of. He's from already a freshman. He's already the tallest on the team. Is he that third big in Murray State's rotation this year? I think so. I and that's no disrespect to Darnell Cohort. He's. I think I, he'll provide some minutes I, if they keep him in the great, rotation. I think. Court is an amazing offensive talent. It's whether I, or not he's going to play defense. I'm okay. more curious, probably, than I should be as just a regular old newspaper reporter, but I am very curious to see how long it takes Matt to whittle down to his usual eight. Right. I still think nine is a possibility. I still think yeah, nine is a I think but nine I, is fair. But, but even eight. But life isn't fair. Yeah, this isn't about fair. This is about winning. We and can Matt, platoon. Yeah, no. Right. I have been begging... <laughs> Matt McMahon has laughed at me hysterically. He doesn't believe in the platoon. Every time I even mention it, he's like, you're an idiot. Stop talking about basketball. It's kind of anytime you say anything. Yeah, that's true. Anytime I have a question. <laughs> Let's I mean, be honest. You did have a giant popcorn. Yeah, you had a giant popcorn. I, I did. Popcorn. Exhibition, I did have a giant bowl of popcorn. That is, guys, this is like, I don't know. This is like a Brinks truck of popcorn bowls. This this <laughs> it was. was big. But the one thing that I will have to say from a, a rotation standpoint, you know, the Racers have some interesting games in the non-conference, and I just don't know how long it'll take, you know, because the thing about it is, racer basketball, I mean, if you've got a blowout, you're getting in, you know, right. and not even necessarily as, like, victory cigars, like, you're going to get some guys in, you know, he's going to, you know, get some evaluation, get some tape, get some, right. you know, are those games like Prairie View, Jackson State, you know, I don't know, who knows, or Bethel, you know, I'm not sure, but, you know, as far as I'm concerned, I'm just curious you know, you've got some real tests in this non-conference slate. Missouri State here, Auburn, Alabama there. Those are three great games. Middle Tennessee on the road. You know, SIU at Carbondale. That place is always just a tin can to play in. It's so it's a beautiful old arena, but it's just like it's so loud and obnoxious. And the last time the Racers were there, they lost in overtime. So it's just not an easy place to win. I don't care how good your team is. You know, so I just don't know how long it's going to take or how long Matt McMahon is going to take to whittle down his roster and whittle down his rotation. And that, to me, is what's going to make it tough for me to decide, like, who your best newcomer yeah. is because I just well, don't know what's – it's evolving. Right, Coming sure. off of that, I know we didn't really – Might be Javion. You know? I, know, right. I know we didn't really talk about it with women's, but who do you do – you, do you guys think – who do you think is going to be that go-to guy off the bench? I mean, I, I know, granted, we don't know for sure what the rotation is really like, and he said, obviously, with the role evolution thing, who do you think is that guy off the bench that you really look to? If the lineup stays as we saw it. Um, Who's your first guard off the bench? Uh, Javion? Right now, Javion. Yeah. If once Daquan gets healthy, I think Daquan will J- be. Javion, it depends on the role. I think if you need a more of a point guard, I'd say Javion. Consistent. A wing player that in plays a, both ways. I, I like Breon. In a consistency basis. Yeah. I mean, Breon's a fair – I think Breon's got a chance to really make an impact on this team this year. Because he plays with a lot. But I, it's going to be tough. Just look if, at how many guards we've exactly. already named. You just look you – know, we've already named Javion, Daquan, and now Breon. Mm-hmm. And, like, that's, that's eight – that's that's eight people already, and we haven't even talked to a single forward yet. Yeah, exactly. And if if McMahon goes down to an an eight player, one of those guys is gonna be left in the shuffle. Mm-hmm. And that's also to be said about we haven't said anything about Mike Davis. No, we, we have not even said a word about Mike Davis. I mean, this is a guy that was you know is 40, definitely what? considered an like an elite three point shooter. Oh yeah, who just hasn't done it at this level yet. I mean, he was considered he was you know like, like a mid like to diet Terrell Miller. Like yeah. he's a 
he's the kind of guy that's going to be able to stretch the floor, passes the ball pretty well, can bang a little bit down low, and just is able to score at three different levels. He's also a decent free throw shooter. So you're looking at a guy that can really kind of put the ball and put the ball on the deck. I mean, mm-hmm. look, I mean, he was able to take it from the half court two or three It'd times. Def- definitely be a stretch for if I think I think he needs to play his size a little bit more. From what I just saw, just a. Quick takeaway. Out. A quick, no, that's a small sample. Yeah, small sample, sample, obviously. And that's but the thing. Like, if he plays that size, he'd be a huge asset as a stretch forward. And I just, I just don't know, again, I wonder how much matchup basketball the racers are going to be able to play this year. You take a look at last season, i say you you went with what you got. You went 26-6 and six with those rotation guys, and that rotation was solved pretty quickly. Yeah. You knew. You, you knew pretty it was, knew. It was, yeah, you knew it was Terrell. <laughs> yeah, it was Stark. You know, Miller, uh, Ja, uh, Shaq, and Breon Sanctions. And early it was Jalen, you know. And so, and then later, you know, Breon Whitley had to come in for a little bit of health, you know, issues with Byron Hawkins. But then it became Byron. You know, that was a seven, seven and a half man rotation, you know, with Jalen Dupree closing out. And Anthony Smith Smith was a top seven rotation guy. That was quick. It did not take long at all. Once Tevin got hurt, Breon Whitley, you know, they decided they were going to develop him more as a freshman. And, you know, he had two or three key OVC games, but he was kind of a shelved guy that they brought yeah. in later. I just, again, I just don't know how long it takes or how much matchup basketball the racers actually pay, play. I mean, I mean, you look at four, four forwards, all four of them with different capabilities and things like that, and if you don't redshirt any of them, I mean, okay, I, what are you doing? I think you know? there's a good – I think there's – um, a couple instances where we might see Tevin stretch the floor. Yeah, yeah. I think there's some very possible instances that you see four guards on the floor. Yeah, I think that's extremely possible with as I many agree. guards as there mm-hmm. are on this team. I think, and Tevin's only an inch shorter than Mike on the on the roster. Tevin's like, a legitimate six four, yeah, yeah. easy, probably yeah. a six five. I think he's listed I think six, six, If he had his five. afro from last season, he'd be. He'd they, be they've six got five. him listed as six five. He's listed six five. Mike's listed six six. If I'm not yes. if yeah. I'm mistaken, six 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 seven one. I think I think you can see. I think you'll see Tevin stretching four mm-hmm. with Breon or Anthony down at the five. There's going to be some small ball, I think, this year. If Tevin buys – and it's hard to call Tevin small ball, though. I'm yeah, glad you mentioned six, that five. because Tevin is great size off the wing, and mm-hmm. that's going to be able to defend a lot of uh, a lot of OVC fours. Yeah. fours. A I lot mean, of OVC fours are in that 6'4". Six, I'm six, 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 was what, 6'7"? Yeah. Obviously, I don't think this Dylan would ever... Dylan Wheeler was 6'6", 6'7". You know? yeah. I don't so, think this would ever really be employed that much, but if you had to have a death three-point lineup – if you put, let's see, Mike Davis, if Eves, Tevin, then who who else? Daquan and Jaw. Yeah, Daquan and Jaw. That's a deadly three point line. That's a very if you that, if you try small. to play Mike at a five. That's that's yeah. that, that's ridiculously small ball. It's the epitome, so it's the epitome of small ball, but it's also the type of team that can go twenty for thirty from three. Oh, if yeah. they're hot, that's <laughs> yeah. what I'm saying. So like, I mean, that, so you can go NBA. It'd, it'd be interesting because, to see. I mean, looking at that, looking at that lineup, just to break down, just very quickly, Jock can get to the rim, Mike can get to the rim. Javion could probably get to the rim. We didn't really see it a whole lot. Yeah. He's a good jump shooter, though. Um, yeah, but, I mean, I you you saw two inbounds. You saw two inbound plays that they. Drew up specifically for him in a post guy where he just came up off the screen. Inbounds and play where Jaw threw it from half court twice to Tevin full length. Yeah, and yeah. Got three, it was three so. drip. It was there was one play that they threw it from Anthony to Jaw to Tevin. The I'd ball say, hit the ground I'd say, once. Yeah, I was going to give you say one dribble. Yeah, the ball hit the ground once. So, so I mean, but I'm that. I mean, you've got four guys on the floor in that lineup that can take it to the rack. Yeah, we're gonna see. Yeah, Maybe. it's gonna be interesting to see what kind of different twists and turns that Matt has in his arsenal this year compared to last year. 
We'll uh-huh. see it too. It's a heck of a non-conference slate. Mm-hmm. That's right. Saturday kicking off at 7 p.m. Be there, Wright State. Girls and then are at five. Girls are at five. Women. We will see if. Sorry. That's right. Women. You're in high school. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> we will see if any of our predictions come to fruition. More than likely, they will not, because we are. We absolutely know. Unqualified. Know nothing of what we're talking about. Yes. We're, we're talking into a cell phone. Well, that'll do it for us. First episode in the book. Stay tuned every Friday. We will release a new episode. Thanks so much for joining us, Brian, Ed, and Gage. And I'm Blake Sandlin signing off. Thanks, guys.